You're listening to the Reformational Anglican Podcast, the podcast that delves into the riches of Reformational Anglicanism for the good of the church today. I'm your host, Sam Pilo, and today I'm going to be reading from the second part of homily number four on faith. You have heard in the first part of this sermon that there are two kinds of faith, a dead and unfruitful faith and a lively faith that works by love. The first is unprofitable, the second necessary for the obtaining of our salvation. And this faith has love always joined unto it, and is fruitful and brings forth all good works. Now as concerning the same matter, you shall hear what follows. The wise man says, he that believes in God will obey his commandments. And if we do not show ourselves faithful in our conversation, the faith which we pretend to have is but a feigned faith. Because the true Christian faith is manifestly shown by good living, and not by words only. As St. Augustine says, good living cannot be separated from true faith, which works by love. Also St. Chrysostom says, faith of itself is full of good works. As soon as a man believes, he shall be garnished with them. How plentiful this faith is of good works, and how it makes the work of one man more acceptable to God than another. St. Paul teaches at length in the 11th chapter to the Hebrews, saying, This faith made the sacrifice of Abel better than the sacrifice of Cain. This faith caused Noah to build the ark. This faith made Abraham forsake his country and all his friends, and to go into a far country there to dwell among strangers. So also Isaac and Jacob, depending or hanging only on the help and trust that they had in God. And when they came to the country which God promised them, they would build no cities, towns or houses, but lived like strangers in tents that might be removed every day. Their trust was so much in God that they set little by any worldly thing, because God had prepared for them better dwelling places in heaven of his own foundation and building. This faith made Abraham ready at God's command to offer his own son and heir, Isaac, whom he loved so well and by whom he was promised to have innumerable descendants among which one should be born in whom all nations should be blessed. Trusting so much in God, that though he were slain, yet God was able by his omnipotent power to raise him from death and perform his promise. He did not doubt the promise of God, although everything seemed contrary to his reason. He believed truly that God would not forsake him in the death and famine that was in that country. And in all other dangers that he was brought into, he trusted always that God should be his God and his protector and defender whatsoever he saw to the contrary. This faith so worked in the heart of Moses that he refused to be taken for the son of Pharaoh's daughter and to have a great inheritance in Egypt, thinking it better with the people of God to have affliction and sorrow than with wicked men to live pleasantly for a time in sin. By faith he cared not about the threatening of Pharaoh, for his trust was so in God that he did not treasure the joys of this world, but looked for the reward to come in heaven, setting his heart upon the invisible God as if he had seen him ever present before his eyes. By faith the children of Israel passed through the Red Sea. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down without a touch, and many other wonderful miracles have been wrought. In all good men that have been before, faith has brought forth their good works and obtained the promises of God. Faith has stopped the lion's mouths. Faith has quenched the force of fire. Faith has escaped the sword's edge. Faith has given weak men strength. Victory in battle overthrown the armies of infidels, raised the dead to life. 
faith has made good men to face adversity with good courage. Some have been mocked and whipped, bound and cast in prison. Some have lost all their goods and lived in great poverty. Some have wandered in mountains, hills and wilderness. Some have been racked, some slain, some stoned, some sawn, some torn in pieces, some beheaded, some twisted without mercy and would not be delivered because they looked to rise again to a better state. All these fathers, martyrs and other holy men, whom the author to the Hebrews spoke of, had their faith fixed surely on God when all the world was against them. They knew God not only to be the Lord, maker and governor of all men in the world, but also they had a special confidence and trust that he was and would be their God, their comforter, aid, helper, sustainer and defender. This is the Christian faith which these holy men had and which we also ought to have. And although they were not named Christian men, yet it was a Christian faith that they had. For they looked for all benefits of God the Father through the merits of his Son Jesus Christ, as we do now. The difference between them and us is that they looked forward to when Christ should come, and we live in the time when he has come. Therefore, St. Augustine says, The time is altered and changed, but not the faith. For we all have one faith in Christ. The same Holy Ghost also that we have, they had, says St. Paul. For as the Holy Ghost teaches us to trust in God and to call upon him as our Father, so he taught them to say, as it is written, You, Lord, are our Father and Redeemer, and your name is without beginning and is everlasting. God gave them the grace to be his children, as he does for us now. But now, by the coming of our Saviour Christ, we have received more abundantly the Spirit in our hearts, and therefore we may possess a greater faith and a surer trust than many of them had. But in effect, they and we are all one. We have the same faith that they had in God, and they the same that we have. And St. Paul so much extols their faith because we should no less, but rather more, give ourselves wholly to Christ, both in profession and living, now that Christ is come than the old fathers did before his coming. And by the declaration of St. Paul, it is evident that the true, lively and Christian faith is not a dead, vain or unfruitful thing, but a thing of perfect virtue, of wonderful operation and working, and strength bringing forth all good motives and good works. All Holy Scripture agreeably bears witness that a true, lively faith in Christ does bring forth good works. Therefore every man must examine and try himself diligently to know whether he has the same true, lively faith in his heart unfeignedly, or not, which he shall know by its fruits. Many that possessed the faith of Christ were in this error, that they thought they knew God and believed in him, when in their life they declared the contrary. St. John, confuting this error in his first epistle, writes in this way, In this we are sure that we know God, if we observe his commandments. He that says he knows God and does not observe his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. And again he says, Whoever sins does not see God, nor know God. Let no man deceive you, beloved children. And moreover, he says, this is how we know that we are of the truth. And so we shall persuade our hearts before him. For if our own hearts reprove us, God is greater than our hearts and knows all things. Beloved, if our hearts do not reprove us, then we have confidence in God and shall receive from him what whatsoever we ask, because we keep his commandments and do those things that please him.
And yet further, he says, every man that believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And we know that whoever is born of God does not sin. But he that is begotten of God purges himself and the devil does not touch him. And finally, he concludes and shows the cause why he wrote this epistle, saying, for this cause I have written to you, that you may know that you have everlasting life, you who believe in the Son of God. And in his third epistle, he confirms the whole matter of faith and works in few words, saying, he that does good is of God, and he that does evil does not know God. And as St. John says, that as the lively knowledge and faith of God brings forth good works, so says he likewise of hope and love, that they cannot coexist with evil living. Of hope, he writes, we know that when God shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And whoever has this hope in him purifies himself, as God is pure. And of love, he says these words, He that keeps God's word and commandment, in him the love of God is truly perfected. And again he says, This is the love of God, that we should keep his commandments. And St John did not write this as a subtle saying, devised of his own fantasy, but as a most certain and necessary truth, taught to him by Christ himself the eternal and infallible truth, who in many places most clearly affirms that faith, hope and love cannot consist or stand without good and godly works. Of faith, he says, he that believes in the Son has everlasting life, but he that does not believe in the Son shall not see that life, but the wrath of God remains on him. And the same he confirms with the double oath, saying, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me has everlasting life. Now for as much as whoever believes in Christ has everlasting life, it must consequently follow that he that has this faith must also have good works and be diligent to observe God's commands obediently. For to those who have evil works and lead their life in disobedience and transgression or breaking of God's commandments without repentance, there is not everlasting life, but rather everlasting death. As Christ himself says, those who do good shall go into everlasting life, but those who do evil shall go into everlasting fire. And again he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To him who is thirsty I will give of the well of the water of life freely. He that has the victory shall have all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But those who are fearful, mistrusting God and lacking faith, those who are cursed people and murderers and fornicators and sorcerers and all liars, shall have their portion in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone which is the second death. Love brings forth good works. And as Christ undoubtedly affirms that true faith brings forth good works, so he says the same of love. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, that is he that loves me. And afterwards he says, he that loves me will keep my word. And he that does not love me does not keep my words. And as the love of God is tried by good works, so is the fear of God also. As the wise man says, the dread of God puts away sin. And he also says, he that fears God will do good works.